All right, so lesson five, presenting the gospel. What is our goal tonight? Our goal is the same as it was last week, that each person will be clear and confident in sharing the gospel. That each person will be clear and confident when sharing the gospel. Last week we looked at sharing our faith with a method we called the good news message. And we said... For review, the good news message started with the problem. And what was the problem? We've all fallen short. Exactly. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23 was the key verse that that backed that up. But we know that, uh, you know, there may be some people that are good, some people that are better. But um, the truth is we all fall short of the glory of God. And then we said it even gets worse because the wages of sin, we've all sinned, and the wages of sin is what? Death. Death. And so our verse to go along with that was Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. So we said that we all owed God death. And that's a price that none of us could afford to pay. So what's the solution? What's the good news? And the good news is that what? Christ died for us. Exactly right. Christ died for us. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates His own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He became our substitute. He stepped in in our place and uh, became our substitute and He died for us. So all of sin, the wages of sin is death. The good news is that Christ died for us and then the good news gets even better because... How are we saved? By grace through faith. faith. It's not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. And so we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ because the object of our faith is the person of Jesus Christ. And so we're placing our faith in Him, not our works, not our baptism, not our walking down the aisle. But our faith is not even in Jesus' death and His resurrection, but our faith is in the person of Jesus Christ. He's the object of our faith. And whenever we put our faith in Him, we get eternal life. It's a gift. It's not based on our goodness, our works, our righteousness, but by faith alone in Christ alone. And so it is a good news message. Um, it's a message that we should desire and want to take to our friends, to our family members, um, to people who are just out on the street that we don't really know. Um, because what we have for them, it's not cheap, it's not a bargain, but it's free. It's a free gift uh, that God has to offer to anyone who will simply believe in Him. So any thoughts, comments, questions about that? Romans 4, 5. Yeah, the one who does not work but believes in Him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Exactly right. All right, and so next we're going to move into another method um, of sharing the gospel with other people. Um, but before we do that, I just want to ask ask a few of you um, just a little bit about who are you. And so, um, Leslie, who are you? Um, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm a daughter, I'm a school counselor. Those are kind of the big things, I guess, for me. Okay. Blaine, who are you? 
think I would identify first as a believer. Okay, there you go. Uh, uh, yeah, that's first, I suppose. Beyond that, student, pilot, things like that. Okay, so you hit the nail on the head. And the, but the truth is, is when somebody asks who you are, how often do you start off like that? Never. Never, exactly right. And so last week we talked about some ways. How do you take an everyday conversation and make it and shift it to a life-changing conversation? And what if we did introduce ourselves in that way? Who are you? Well, I'm Brian James. Um, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm Brian James. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm, I'm Brian James. I'm a child of God by faith. You know, I mean, wow. What if you started off in that way? Do you think you could get the conversation going in the right direction to be able to take an everyday conversation and change it to a life-saving conversation? It's a great way to, whenever you're talking to somebody that you don't know, just a random somebody, um, you know, it's a great way to get that conversation going in the right direction. Um, and so you're intentional with what it is that you're doing. You may be going up to somebody and, you know, we said, you know, who are you going to be praying for? And we're going to be praying for each other this past week for opportunities to, to share the gospel with people. Um, and so just going with that intentionality in our lives, you know, we can make a difference and we can uh, make an opportunity to share the gospel. Anybody got any thoughts, comments, questions? Anybody anybody do that on a on a regular basis? <laughs> use that as a opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> the child of God um, statement is something that I've been working on saying to myself and repeating it over and over. I was living in Minnesota before and um, heavily was in the performing arts community and not that there's not those that are believers in that community, but you do tend to run up against. Yeah. And a lot of my friends were not. And so um, starting that conversation was a new thing that I've having kids kind of stirred that. Yeah. You know, like, all right, time to get back, you know, and we're going to um, be really real about all this and we're not going to sort of put it in the back pocket. You know, it's like, okay, like, what are you, what are you doing? But having the confidence <coughs> and saying it with such ease and such um, just assuredness I think is important because if you have any hesitation at all in who you are it's like the yeah and so I get I guess maybe that's where I'm coming from you know Minneapolis tends to be a little bit different you know. yep that's but, that's great I mean and it's a work in progress I'm practicing on <laughs> anyone, anyone here but exactly so Anyway, that's something you might put in your mind and just especially, you know, whenever you hear that question, who are you? You know, what is it that you do? Um, because that's the way we identify usually uh, our worldly things, you know. I'm a husband of, of this person. I, I'm a father to this person. I'm this and this is son or daughter you know, or um, identifying by what I do, and so, you know, I work at this job, or I work at that job, or, you know, I'm, I'm someone who loves to play golf, and so we, we identify ourselves by our hobbies, 
but first and foremost, like you said, I mean, we're we're children of God, and we are we are believers in Christ, and so um, you know, there's several different ways that that you can put that um, into perspective. You know, uh, you know, if you're around fishermen, you say, "Yeah, man, I'm a fisher of man." Uh, you know, and so you can think about how does that relate to you? How does that relate to somebody that you're speaking with? Um, and what's the best way way to put that? Or what are you comfortable saying? Um, because we're thinking about taking these everyday conversations and making them life-changing, life-saving conversations. But once you get that conversation switched to a life-saving conversation, it brings back the same questions that we looked at last week. And number one is, if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And we talked about last week that some people may say yes, some people may say no, some people may say, well, I I may, I think I will, you know. And um, the key is, Then, if they do say yes, you ask the question, why? Because some people will say, yes, I I know I'm going to go to heaven because I walked down the aisle whenever I was 10 years old. Yes, because I got baptized whenever I was 10 years old. Yes, because I asked Jesus into my heart, so I know I will. But, you know, I guess because I go to church every Sunday. Um, You know, and so, yes, you, you... Say that you will, but what you're giving your reasoning is not lining up with what Scripture says. And so that leads to the second question. Or if they do say no, that leads to the second question as well. May I show you from the Bible how you can know for sure you have eternal life? May I show you from the Bible how you can know for sure you have eternal life? And again, you know, let me show you from the Bible. Let me let me show you what God's Word says, um, so that we know for sure. It's not just my opinion or anything, and so that you can know, not just hope or wish or might, um, but so that you can know you have eternal life. So that brings us to um, the next way to to share the gospel and it's called the bridge method and um, there's basically the easiest way to do it is if it's a great visual representation um, that we can use whenever we're talking to somebody and so you know even if you're in a coffee shop or something and you've got a got a napkin or something that you can jot down on or if you've got a piece of paper and a pencil um, but it's a great visual way to show people um, this and so that they can visualize. And on the left side, we have man. And rather than putting man or whatever up there, the, the best thing to do is to put the person that you're talking to. So we're, gonna, we're talking to Debbie. And so Debbie, you're over here. And then God is over here. And there's this big gulf between us. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and we there's no way for us to get to God based on our goodness, our deeds, or our righteousness. So how in the world can a person, how can you, Debbie, get to God? 
And we can use one verse, Romans 6.23, and just pull words right out of that verse to portray and to show this picture of how Debbie can get to God uh, through Romans 6.23. If, if you have the time and you're sitting there with somebody, I would suggest writing out Romans 6.23 so that they can see that you're actually pulling the words directly from God's Word because we're showing them what? May I show you from the Bible how you can know for sure you have eternal life. And so we're showing them from the Bible. So Romans 6.23, and you can write it out. I'll just write it over here for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Okay, and so basically you've got this. Debbie's on this side, God's on this side, and so you just start through there. For the wages... And you could talk about what a wage is. We kind of did that last week. A wage is something that you've earned. Um, and we said, you know, we use that illustration. Hey, I'll, I'll give you a gift of $5 if you'll go wash my car. Is that a gift or is that a wage, something that you earned? It's something you earned. So anything that you have to do for something is not a gift. It's something that you earned. And the wages of sin... And so you might talk about what is sin? Transgressing God's law. Transgressing God's law. Anything that goes against the character of God. Doing bad things. Not doing good things. You know, a lot of people don't think about that. You know, we live the Christian life and we don't do this and we don't do this and we don't do this. But the truth is, as Christians, and this is not something you would probably talk to an unbeliever about, but for us, you know, are you studying the Word of God? Are you memorizing the Word of God? Are you reading the Word of God? Are you praying on a regular basis? If you're not, all of that is sin because God tells us as believers in Christ what we're supposed to be doing. And so it's the sin of omission rather than the sin of commission that so many people think about. But again, that's not something we'd probably talk to the unbeliever about. But for the wages of sin, and so sin is anything that goes against the character of God. It's anything that we do wrong, and you know, you can ask the person. So, you know, do you feel like that you sin? And most people are going to answer what? Yes, for sure. So the wages of sin is what? Death. And so, again, here we're pulling this word. The wages of sin is death. And what is death? Exactly. Death is separation. And so, the wages of sin is death. We owe God death. And that's why we're separated from God. Because the wages of sin is death. But, the next word is but. What does but do? It gives you a way around. 
Yeah, I'm like, I was like, okay, I know this. What does butt do? Contrast. Exactly. So, butt shows contrast. So, but. So, the wages of sin is death, but. Let's look at the contrast of this. Over here, you've got a wage. Over here, we've got what? The gift. And so, are wages and the gift the same thing? So, we earned death, but God's got something for us that's a gift. And a gift is something that you do that, that, that you receive that costs you absolutely nothing. We talked about, you know, a birthday gift. You, you get a birthday gift, you don't expect, oh, well, you know, you got me a birthday gift, so I got to go get you something and give it back. Said around Christmas time, sometimes you receive a gift and you're like, oh, no, I didn't know they was going to go get me something, so we got to go buy something for them to replace uh, what it is. But on your birthday, I mean, that's, a, that's something they give you. It's a gift, and you don't feel like you have to go do something in return for that gift. So the, the wage of sin is death, but the gift of God, and so the next word is God, in contrast to sin... God is what? He's sinless. He's perfect. Sin is a defect in the, in the character of God. And God is perfect. He's all righteous. And so there's the contrast. The gift of God is what? Eternal life. And so over here, we owe God death. But over here, God gives us as a gift life, eternal life. And so, how do we get this gift of eternal life? How does it come? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And so, He bridged the gap between us and God, between whoever you're talking to, between Debbie and God, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's how He bridged the gap. Through His death and His resurrection. He died on the cross to pay for our sins. He became our substitute and died in our place. And then He arose from the grave conquering death. And that's how He can give us life, eternal life. John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So, Debbie, how do we, how do we get you to God? It's through the person of Jesus Christ. He is the only way that we can get to God. It's through Jesus Christ our Lord. Acts 4, 12. For there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name given among men by which you must be saved other than the name of Jesus. And so He is the way of salvation. He is the one who bridged the gap. And the good news is, is that how do we get this eternal life? It's by what? Believe, Believe in Jesus Christ for what he's offering eternal life and so again so how do we get to God 
is through the person of Jesus Christ. He bridged the gap. He made the way available for any of us to be with Him. And how do we do that? Simply by believing in Jesus Christ for what He's offering us, eternal life. So is there anything stopping you from believing in Jesus Christ for eternal life? So it's a great method. It's a great visual um, to show people that look, you're separated from God. And you're separated from God, but there is a bridge. There is a way for you to get to the other side. And it's not by your goodness, your works, your righteousness. Jesus Christ did it all. He became your substitute. Died and rose again in your place so that by believing in Him, you can have the eternal life, the gift of eternal life that God's offering you. You like it? Don't like it? I like it. Yeah. Is it uh, I like it because of the visuality. You know, it's not just sitting there talking to people and, you know, giving them this verse and that verse and everything. It's using one verse basically to show them uh, their separation and how they can get to God. I have that on our test. You bet. That, that's there. <laughs> so any thoughts or comments or questions? So they're like, well, the, the devil believes in Jesus, believes he's real, right? Devil believes in God, and devil the devil, knows devil, devil knows who he is. So is he he knows who he is, but who did Jesus Christ come as? He's known as what? The God Man, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He became a man to do what? To die in the place of man. And so, you know, even though Satan believes in God, Jesus didn't come to save Satan, to save the angels that are fallen. He came to save mankind. So it's not accessible to... Exactly. Exactly. But but he, he knows who Jesus is, and he tried to tempt him to, you know, and whenever he comes through, and he, he tries to even use God's Word to, to tempt Jesus into doing the wrong thing, but Jesus uses God's Word in the right context and, and defends himself. And so, uh, you know, that's one of the, one of the things. Another hard question. Sorry, I don't mean... I'm not no, you're, you're, you're fine. we got plenty of time really tonight. Like, um, stuff that... I anyway, um, so what about people that are maybe actively Satan worshipers or that are men that are, you know, I've been watching like some of the stuff where there was a recently man in South Africa that was saved, and he was one of the high priests of the Satanic Temple, and it was really fascinating. And he, but he was saved and through through Christ. Um, but he's like, you know, they, they believe in him too. So they're men, and so it's like, well, if they believe in him, but they're not believing him for salvation for their own salvation, but they believe he's like their enemy. So that is that a, that's a different yeah because you're believing situation. in him for what he's offering you mm-hmm. eternal life. It's just like um, I said earlier. Some people say I believe that Jesus died, mm-hmm. 
then that doesn't give you salvation because Jesus died. That's a fact. And He died for who? He died for all people. And so just because you believe He died doesn't save you. I believe that Jesus rose again. Well, so I believe that Jesus died. I believe that He rose again. But that's not what saves me. Your salvation is in the object of your faith. And the object of your faith is Jesus Christ. And you're believing in Jesus Christ because of what He did, based on who He is and what He did, you're believing in Him to give you what He's promising you, which is ultimately everlasting life. He also promises that He's going to give you forgiveness. He also promises that He's going to give you uh, Christ's righteousness, that you're going to get all of these things. And you're accepting but, the gift. But you're, right. you're believing in Him, and your belief is, is persuasion. And so, you know, uh, the more information that you can gain, the more you're persuaded um, you know, it's just like a jury trial. Um, you know, you can say, well, you know, David here, based on all the evidence, um, you know, we see that he's innocent. And then there's a knock on the door. Hey, we just found the gun that, that he used. It's got his fingerprints on it, the blood of, of, you know, the person that was killed, his fingerprints, and all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden, you say, okay, now you're guilty. Why? Based off of the evidence, off of the information that you've received, you're persuaded that it is, that he is the killer. <laughs> so, anyway, um, you know, and that's what it is. So, basically, that's why we say, you know, that you give the more information that you can give about Christ and what it is and what He did, uh, the more likely someone is to believe in Him. Because, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily a choice, you know, because some people say, well, you can either choose to believe or you can choose not to believe. But the truth is you're persuaded by the information um, that whether you are going to believe or whether you're not going to believe. And God's called you anyway, right? He's chosen you. Like that's uh... Well, I mean, he, he calls all men to himself. And so, I mean, and the Holy Spirit convicts the world, all people, of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin because they have not believed. And so, you know, um, so all people have the opportunity to believe in Jesus Christ. But, you know, some people are not persuaded and do not believe in him. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of religions have, you know, uh, they, you know, they say Jesus is a good preacher, a good teacher, a good teacher, but they don't believe. He's not the only way, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. That's just the whole point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Would you be contrast to say that they believe something about Christ, but they don't believe the truth about Christ? I guess, and that's the difference. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they they believe certain things about Christ. I mean, because the truth is, was he a good man? Yeah, he was a good man. Um, Was he a good teacher? Was he a healer? You know, did he perform miracles? You know, and a lot of people believe those things about him, but yet, I don't believe he's the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. I mean, Jewish people, I mean... You know, they don't want to look at Jesus to see if he lines up with who this Messiah and Savior is going to be because, you know, they think that he has not yet come. And so, uh, anyway, 
Yeah, so I mean, they, you can believe things about Jesus. You can believe the, the works that he did, uh, but, not still, but still not believe in him for eternal life. Yeah, we got plenty of time. So if you got questions or anything, feel free to ask. Because this lesson is not super long. We're already a third of the way through. So did everybody get all their blanks filled in? Because I kind of just do it as I'm going through and I don't say this is A, this is B, B and all that. (laughs) So H is death and resurrection. Uh, A, B, C, D, F, G. H is Jesus Christ. Oh, H is, okay. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Christ, death, and resurrection. So wages, sin, death, A, B, C, but D, E is gift, F is God, G is eternal life, and H is Jesus Christ. The object of our faith is Jesus Christ. And then John 14, 6, the way to God. Acts 4, 12 is another verse that I put there. The bridge to God is Jesus Christ. And then how, John 3.16, by believing in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Did y'all get all of that? No, the bridge. The, the, the bridge to God is Jesus Christ. Well, okay. I was looking over there. And then... John 3.16, by believing Jesus Christ for eternal life. 1 Peter 3.18, Christ died for our sins once for all the just for the unjust to bring us to God. So, I mean, that's another great verse. Christ died for the just for the unjust so that He might bring us to God. So He's bridging that gap. What was that verse? 1 Peter 3.18. I think it's in your... Oh, it is. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh. Christ died for our sins once for all the just for the unjust to bring us to God. So did everybody get them all? Okay, and then the question down there at the bottom is what I asked at the end too. Is there anything stopping you from believing in Jesus Christ for eternal life? Is there anything stopping you from believing in Jesus Christ for eternal life? All right, so that takes us to the to this next method, which is using John three sixteen, and we say John three sixteen the one verse method, uh, but it's the verse that uh, many people used to. It's the verse that many people knew, many people even had it memorized and, and could say it, um, but now uh, talking to Blake and. 
and some of the college kids that are up on campus, you tell people, you know, John 3.16, and they have no idea what you're talking about. It's crazy the difference from whenever I was growing up until into what the world is today and the difference that, that people don't even know that most famous verse in, in all of the Bible. But that's a great verse because what does it say? It says, for God, and so we're talking about the perfect, righteous God, and uh, so loved the world, and so love there, that's the motivation. That's the motivation for God to do what He did. And so God loved the world, and the world, who does that include? Everyone, exactly right. So God doesn't just have chosen people, select people, um, elect people that He saves. He He has the He has it available to anyone. God so loved the world, and He loved the world that He did what He gave His Son. What did He give His Son to do? And that's a question that you might even ask to whoever it is that you're talking to. So. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son. you know what He gave His Son to do? What did He give His Son to do? To To be the perfect sacrifice. To die on the cross. To die for our sins. And what else did He do after He died? He arose. He arose. So He gave Jesus Christ to die to pay for our sins. And then he arose from the grave to conquer death. And so he gave Jesus to die and rise again so that whoever, whoever, do you think whoever includes you? Great question to ask. Do you think whoever includes you? Because it says whoever. And so whoever is anybody does what? What does it say there? Whoever does what? Believes. Believes in Him. Whoever believes in Him. And so, it's not just believing. It's not just believing what Jesus did. It's believing in Him. He's the object of our faith. Our faith is in Jesus Christ. It doesn't say whoever behaves in Him. Whoever gets His life right. Whoever walks down the aisle. It says, whoever believes in Him. What will happen to them? They'll never perish. What does it mean to perish? Forever separated. To be separated, exactly. So you'll never be separated. Never perish. But you know what you have? Eternal life. Eternal life. An eternal relationship with Christ forever. That's what He's offering you. And so, if you have eternal life, an eternal relationship with God forever, when you believe in Him, then can you do anything to lose it? No. No. Because based on the definition of eternal life, it's life that lasts how long? Forever. And so you have eternal life, an eternal relationship with God that lasts forever.
It's not based on your works, your goodness, your righteousness. You're not hanging on to God. He's hanging on to you. We'll talk about that more in um, here, to, here in our next few um, lessons, but it's, it's not us hanging on to Him. It's Him hanging on to us. And so, there's a great article in the Grace and Focus uh, magazine back from January, February of 2018. It's called The Broken Record Approach to Evangelism. And he calls it KISS. Keep it simple, saint. And, um, and that's what we need to do. And that's just where you basically just go back to this verse. What did it say? God loved us, gave His Son, die and rise again, so that whoever, that's anybody that includes you, would just simply believe in Him. It's not behaving. It's not, not living a good life. It's not based on your works, your goodness, your righteousness. Whoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. It's a good news method, message. It's simple. It's easy. And you can just use it over and over. And how do you get around what that verse says? Jesus did the same thing. Talking in John 3 where He gives this verse to Nicodemus. He does the same thing with the woman at the well. Brings her back to that living water that He could offer her. So any thoughts, comments about that method? Something we should all be able to do to simply portray um, and talk to people about if they're Older people, then they probably already know the verse. If they're younger people, they may have no idea what you're talking about. But uh, you can take it to a, take it to them. You can quote it. You can show it to them uh, in print so that we're showing them from the Bible what God's Word says, how they can know for sure they have eternal life. At least it ought to be, John 3.16 ought to be familiar to most of the people because... John 3.16 being the it's at football games yep I mean if you watch television you see it not as much as you used to <laughs> no, that's the very true thing. <laughs> at least crazy. Uh, they may not know the verse yep but they may know the the, the reference any other thoughts comments All right, let's go to the final method. This is the one everybody loves. Your salvation <laughs> testimony. This is what we all get to do, and it's a, it's a fun time. But A there, the purpose. The purpose for writing a salvation testimony is to lead someone to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. So purpose is to lead someone to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. It's your personal story of how you came to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Your personal story of how you came to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. So 
Let me give you an example, and you tell me if this is a, a good example before I get into all the specifics of this. Um, but tell me if this is a good example. You know, I grew up, and I was a wild child, and I used to drink and party and everything. And then um, one day, I, I went to this uh, camp meeting, and, and I got saved. And then now, man, I'm the greatest... Um, Christian around and I love to teach the Bible and I'm excited to tell everybody um, about Jesus Christ and so you know uh, do you want to be saved too because you can be saved just like I was is that a good example <laughs> what if I wasn't a bad person okay you looked out the why like why why uh, I see where you're going. Okay. Why is that a bad example? You didn't get saved. Huh? You didn't get saved believing in Jesus Christ. Okay. You got the ever. Okay, left out the object. But if you are listening to that, what do you think? You think pretty highly of yourself. Yeah, but what do you think that I that you have to do in order to be saved? Good works. You have to be good. Because I went from being this bad person to now, what did I do? I got saved and now I'm a good person. And so, in order for me to be saved, i got to go from being however I am, however bad that is, whether I'm as bad as he was before or whatever, I've got to become good like he is now in order to be saved. And that's not our message. But if you listen to many people give their testimony, that's what their testimony is. And that's an okay testimony if you're talking to a group of believers and trying to get them on fire for Jesus Christ. You know, that I used to be in this way and um, then I got saved. And then you talk about your Christian life and how it is now and, and what you do in your Christian life and, and how you live for Christ and how you study Scripture, you memorize Scripture, how you reach out, how you disciple people and all of that. But it's not the purpose of the testimony that we're talking about tonight. The, the purpose of this one, like I said earlier, is to lead someone to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. So let's talk about B is the breakdown. How are we going to write this thing down so that we get our purpose across? So your background is should be about 5 to 10%. 10% at the very max. So, And your background there is not necessarily what you were like, but what did you used to believe? And we'll talk more about it here in just a minute. I'll give you some clarity. I'll give you a couple of examples here in just a minute. But what did you believe before you were saved? Not how did you behave before you were saved, but what did I believe before I was saved? You get where I'm going? Because what do we need to do? We need them to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. How did you get eternal life? I believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And so, it's not how we behaved, but what we believed before we were saved. That's our background. And then, at salvation, this should be 75 to 94% of your testimony. 
75 to 94%. Make sure they write this down out there. Make sure you have the gospel message and response in this section at least two times. Make sure you have the gospel message and the response in this section at least two times. So what did you read? What did you hear? What led you to believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life? That's what we're looking for in that section. And then finally, the offer. And the offer should just be 1-5%. to Have you ever believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life? Is there anything stopping you from believing in Jesus Christ right now? But the most important part right there is at the end. You know, you can be a great salesperson. And man, I, I can sell you this vehicle. You know, it's loaded. It's got shiny wheels, you know. and it'll But it'll go through the mud. It, it's got power. It's got torque to pull um, your boat. It gets great gas mileage. 100 miles per gallon while you're pulling your boat. You know... But if you don't ever ask for the sale, so would you like to buy one today? Can you, do you want to take this one home with you today? Then, you know, all your slick words and everything that you said to build up to that point does no good. And so that's the same thing with this. If we tell people how I believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life, if we show them John 3.16, um, and we, we just show them that, and we, and we walk off and we don't give them the offer to believe in Jesus Christ. Is there anything stopping you? Would you like to believe in Jesus Christ today? Then, you know, have we finished what it is that we came here to do? And so make the offer. Give them the opportunity to respond by believing in Jesus Christ for eternal life. Make sure they understand what that response needs to be. All right, so I'm going to give some clarity, then I'll take questions and help you if you have some about your, uh, your personal testimony as well. What was the now on that one? Yeah. You skipped that. You didn't. The background about salvation, the, the now, now and the offer. Above the offer, it says now. Maybe it means Where's now. now? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have so now. How, how you are now? Oh, that's our testimony, right? How we are now? At salvation and now. Okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't even have that. In. It's not in my book, and I'm the one that wrote this thing. So, um, because I think we changed it to offer instead of because so many people do that, we took the now out because that's what people want to say. So now I'm a good person who who wants you know but one thing that you could say is I'm a person that they cares about other people's lives and I care about yours okay and so you know have you ever believed in Jesus Christ but yeah because we changed that up to make that final thing the offer um, we're used to it was well the past the at salvation and now. So you're talking about behavior maybe being um, a tricky thing to 
bring in the doubt, but uh, but I think um, I mean I would think that there's got to be why would they want to. So if you know you found peace, like you you found forgiveness, you you know. So there's things that slough off of you once you you believe that you're you actually are saved. And so is that a value to talk about? I would. I mean the. There's got to be a reason they're, that they they're, want it. They're, yeah, I mean, that, those are reasons to put in there. But ultimately, I mean, what you're wanting to get across to them, because, I mean, when when people use your testimony more times than not, it's with family members and friends. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to just go up to this person, you know, that I have this relationship with or whatever, and pull out the Bible and say, here, look at Romans 6.23, and let's draw this bridge out. Or let's go to John three sixteen and do you know what it says and and whatever and so you know I'm worried about my relationship but I want to be able to share the gospel with them. It's a great way to do that in your personal testimony because let me tell you about a about a, one of the most important days in my life. Okay, I'm willing to listen to you tell a story about your life and something that's important in your life. Even if it's something that I don't really want to hear from you and, you know, I'm tired of you, you know, pushing Christ on me, pushing this gospel down my throat, but I'm willing to still listen to a story about you. And so that's when people use it a lot of times. Um, But you can also use it in a group setting of just give your personal testimony in front of a group of people or something like that too. And so it's good to have it for for that reason as well. But um, but ultimately, let me give you a couple of examples, um, and then you know we can kind of talk through it a little bit more. But I said earlier, you know, it's it's what did you believe before, and what did you believe after? And and JB has a great testimony that's dealing with this because, like I said in a, in an earlier class. Um, about his testimony is that he he went into that into that Bible study um, not on purpose and had the door shut and he was in there and you know then he began the teacher began to speak and he said you know that all of sin and fall show the glory of God and he was like yeah I know that and the wages of sin is yeah. what did he think he thought the wages of sin was do good so that's what he believed that he believed before, I used to believe that in order to pay for my sin, I had to do good. So I just had to make sure I did more good than I did bad. But whenever he was speaking, what did he say? The wages of sin is death. And JB's like, whoa, well, I can't pay for that. So so what's going on? How, how's this going to take care of itself? And then he went on to say that God demonstrates his own love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So Christ stepped in and He was our substitute. He stepped in in our place and He took our place. He died in our place. He paid the payment of sin for all people for all time. And so whoever will believe in Him will not perish but have eternal life. And so what did Jesus or what did JB do? Uh, later on that evening going to get a hamburger, he believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And so he went from what he did believe that he could do good to get his way to God to hearing the truth 
and he changed what he believed from doing good to believing in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And so there you get that good example of, well, this is what I believed I had to do good. Or I believed that walking down the aisle. Or I believed because I got sprinkled whenever I was a baby that that saved me. Or I believed whatever I believed and then I changed what I believed and I believed in Christ to give me eternal life. Mine's a little different. I just came to the realization, you know, I I was 10 years old um, and I'd gone to church my entire life. Um, from growing up, my parents took me to church. My dad was a deacon. My brother, um, he was he served in the church. Uh, he led music and did all kinds of things. And, um, you know, I'd always gone to church. I'd heard about Jesus and Him dying on the cross and paying for sin, rising from the grave to conquer death. Whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. But, you know, I mean, that's just stuff. And so I was just going through life and didn't really care. And then He did a concert um, back in 1984 and um, I was listening to a tape from that concert that he did at our church at my grandparents' house just a few uh, weeks afterwards. And him and who is his wife now, Dana, sang a song that's Jesus Never Fails. And one of the lines in that song is, Even in the days of old, he saw his people through. Then he came to show his love and died for me and you. And he rose again to prove that every promise had been true, that Jesus never fails. And whenever I heard that, I realized that Jesus never fails. I fail all the time. And so I realized at that point in time that I was a sinner and that I needed this Savior. And I realized Sorry, what it means. Oh, it's all right. Um, I realized what it was that Jesus did, that he... He's the one who died in my place. He arose again from the grave. And I knew that all I had to do was believe in Him for eternal life because that was one of the two verses that I had memorized at that point in time in my life. I knew Genesis 1-1 and John 3-16. And so right there at my grandparents' house, I believed in Jesus Christ to give me what He was offering, eternal life. And from there, you know, I'm a mama's boy, and so I went in there and I was crying. I told my grandma I needed to talk to my mom, and so uh, she worked about just a few blocks down away from where my grandparents live. We lived in a small town in Pawnee, and so um, she came up there and I told her, you know, that um, what had happened, and so I uh, told her how I listened to that song that my brother saying and and um, and the words that and how that I came to that realization of what Jesus had done for me and so I believed in him and so she had confirmation that I, that I had believed in him but she said you know what we need to go um, talk to talk to our pastor and everything and so she scheduled a meeting with him and went and talked to him and he said yeah you know I mean You've done everything that you need to do, so what do you need to do next is you need to get baptized. And so a couple of weeks later on the Sunday morning, I got baptized. But the truth is, you know what? If my mom would have never made it to me at my grandparents' house, I would have had eternal life because I believed in Jesus Christ. 
if I would have never got clarity from my pastor, I would have had eternal life because I believed at my grandparents' house. If I'd have never been baptized, I would have had eternal life because I believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life at my grandparents' house. And so it's not about where you are or what you're doing that gives you eternal life. It's about believing in Jesus Christ for eternal life. So is there anything stopping you from believing in Jesus Christ for eternal life right here and right now? So that's my testimony. And so it's not a what I believed before and what I believed after, but it's coming to the realization that I needed a Savior, that He's perfect, He's righteous, He's the one who never failed. And I realized at that point in time, even though it may have just happened once or twice that I failed, but um, <laughs> you know, at that point in time I realized you know, that, I, that I had failed, that I had sinned, and that I was a sinner, and that I, I needed a Savior. I needed um, Jesus, and I knew who Jesus was because I was raised in church, and I had heard about Him all of my life. And so, but you heard as I went through there, I said, what did Jesus do? He died and rose again. I said it multiple times. How do was I saved? I said it multiple times. I believed in Jesus Christ. And I made clarity also that it wasn't me talking to my mom. It wasn't me going to the pastor, getting in church that saved me, that I was saved over there. Just like you could be saved in this room. You could be saved at, a, at the coffee shop down the street. That you could be saved on campus. It's not about where you are. It's not about what you do. It's about what Jesus has done for you and you believing in Him for what He's offering eternal life. And so, great clarity through there and everything. And somebody that's sitting there listening is not like, okay, so you went from being a bad person to being a good person. And so, I have to be, become a good person in order to be saved. I mean, you can know beyond knowing beyond knowing from that, what I did to be saved, just like JB's. He believed, you know, and you can stress that, and he believed in Jesus, or believed that he had to be good in order to be saved. You do more good than bad. But then he came to that realization that he could never be good enough, that he couldn't pay for that sin, and so he believed in Christ who paid for his sin and rose from the grave and offered him what he needed, eternal life. So, thoughts, comments, questions, simple task. Have it to me by midnight tonight. <laughs> no, but it is. No, but it is very, very important. And, and let me just tell you, if once you do this and you have it, I have mine. It's in the front of my Bible. I carry it with me everywhere. I don't really need it anymore because I've given it so many times and talked to so many people um, using it. Um, but man, you know, just to have it and, and to be able to pull it out. If somebody would say, hey, you know, I, I'm here and doing this and would you stand up and give your testimony beforehand? You know, I'm like, well, I got my Bible. It's right there and I can pull it out and do it. Maybe you put it on your phone or whatever so you can do it anywhere. But once you say it a few times, you get it because it's not like you're making up something. This is your story and your story put in with clarity so that people can know what they need to do in order to have eternal life. And so once you get it, and like I said, 
a lot of times people are going to write these out and you're going to see more of my ink on it than you are your own sometimes. Um, but that's not to get worried about or to get upset about because ultimately if we get it to where it's in the right place written the right way then it's an instrument that you'll have for the rest of your life that you can use to take people from death to life. So I encourage you get on it think about it write it out bring them next week you can email them to me throughout the week if you want to if you need another week to to take some time to write it out that's fine too um, but it is super important but I'd like to have it in a couple of weeks so that I can have time to write on it to think about it to give it back to you to, for you to give it back to me again if we need to and go through um, one or two or three different revisions to get it to what we want it to be to use it as a tool to share our testimony with other people so they can believe Jim well, if baptism isn't like a necessity for that, what is what is the what is the uh, purpose of the baptism? Is it an okay. act of obedience? Is yeah, it it's a, as an act of obedience. It's actually a testimony of your faith in Jesus Christ. We had a baptism last Sunday mm -hmm. um, here, and that's what you know. JB said, you know, baptism is not for salvation. First. Corinthians 2.14, no, that's not right. 1 Corinthians 1.17, For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not in cleverness of speech, so that the cross of Christ would not be made void. Um, and so, baptism, if, if Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, then baptism has nothing to do with salvation. Otherwise, he would send him to baptize and to preach the gospel. Um, and so baptism is your, your testimony. You're showing your wor the world, your friends, your family, your uh, church family that you have already believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And that's what, you know, JB says and what pretty much anybody says um, whenever they baptize somebody is because you put your faith in Jesus Christ for eternal life, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and then up and down. And so it's a picture of the death and resurrection of Christ. You're showing them that you've believed in Jesus Christ. You're identifying with His death and resurrection. Um, and it's basically the first step in discipleship and in living in obedience to Christ. Is there too young of an age to... Last question. I'm new to this church. So no, sorry. you're totally, to like you're totally fine. Out. No, um, you're fine. That's what this is all about. That's why we have these, so that you can ask questions, because on Sunday morning, it's too big of a group right. to be able to ask questions, and that's what these classes are for. And I mean, we're, we're pretty much at the end, so we've got 15 minutes left, so we're good. If a five-year-old comes to you and says, oh, I mean, is there a way that you feel... Like as a church body, like okay, can I gauge it? Like yeah, you should be a little older and really have an understanding, or can a four or three year old really get it? And you, you know that they get it. I mean, I think that uh, that a lot of our <laughs> four or five year olds over there get it because I mean it's just so ingrained in them. They hear it, they know it, um, but you know a lot of times they do get confused and think that baptism does have something to do with it. And um, that's one of the things. I mean, I talked to three of the kids that 
were baptized this time um, to make sure that they were ready and that they did understand that they had eternal life and um, that baptism didn't have anything to do with it and that it was showing their salvation. And I mean, like, um, I brought one of them in there and I said, you know, um, do, do you know if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? And yes, why would you go? Because I believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And I said, that's great. So uh, your sister's sitting right over there. Um, what if you go and, and hit her and, uh, you know, being real mean to her and calling her names, you know, and so you're sinning a lot. Do you still have eternal life? And he said, yeah, because I believe in Jesus Christ. He gave me eternal life. And I said, all right, that, that's great. So you understand that you have eternal life and it's not based on you. It's based on your faith in Jesus Christ. And, um, and I said, so what is... What is baptism? You know, why why are you getting baptized? And uh, and he wasn't real clear at first. You know, he said um, because he said something to be saved. And I said, so are you saved by baptism? And he said, no, I'm saved by believing in Christ for eternal life. And I said, so do you know what baptism is for? And he was like, well. Not, not really, but I know you're supposed to do it. And I said, well, yeah, that's true because it, it's an act of obedience. You're saved by believing in Jesus Christ and your baptism is showing your friends, your family, here's your mom and dad, you know, is showing them that you have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And he's like, okay, you know, and so I, and then I asked him if he had any questions and we talked for a few more minutes and then uh, you know, I said, I think he's ready. I mean, he understands that he has eternal life, and now he understands for sure what baptism is, is for and that it doesn't have anything to do with his salvation. And he actually did before. He just didn't know how to portray it or, or to say it. Uh, because whenever I said, so then baptism is what saves you or whatever, he's like, no, you know, I'm saved because I believe in Christ for eternal life. So now I have a question. So if you were baptized once or multiple times, um, because that's my crazy story. Um, so, but if you get baptized and you don't really know the true meaning of baptism, like, do you need to go ahead and get baptized again? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you didn't understand what baptism was for and you thought that it was a part of salvation and every time... You, or yeah. whatever like how many times do you need to be dumped <laughs> yeah I mean I think once you're baptized um, then then you're good um, the ultimate reason or whatever like I said is is to portray that you have believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life if you've believed in Jesus Christ for eternal life you've been baptized if it's once or three times or whatever you know uh, the one time Right. Stuff. So but even if, and, and I get <laughs> that, that you that you believed in, a, you know that baptism or rebaptism doesn't really have anything. Well, the baptism is to show the world that you exactly. believe. Exactly. I mean, that the world saw you. Right. Well, she's saying is that she didn't know that when she was first baptized. That's yeah. What the first time was just because I was told I needed to. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. And then whenever. Anyways, the second time that I did, it was because 
I was trying to be obedient and doing, like making my own choice. Yeah. And so I still didn't have a clear gospel message the second time I was baptized. And now I feel like, okay, now I understand. So do I need to like be obedient and like, now I really know, Yeah. you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I think, I mean, the, the question is, is, you know, ultimately, did you believe in Christ for eternal life back then? I mean, you know, it, under the message that you heard, I mean, hearing about Jesus dying, rise again, do you think that you had believed in him for eternal life um, at some point, you know, before? Because, I mean, that's ultimately... And I believe that I did. I just don't believe that, like, you had I had clarity. that clarity. Yeah. I, I thought that, you know, yeah. when I Sometimes that, the maturity be, makes you feel that, because oh, I got yeah. baptized at 16. I'm like, really, 16? Like, I hadn't been, you know, now I'm like, well, now I've, the yeah. weight of life and has kind of hit, and you're like, well, maybe I should do it again. But again, the thing is, is, you know, it is so simple that a child can understand it, and so a lot of times children at the age of four or five do understand it, and they believe in Christ for eternal life, and then life happens, and unclarity happens, and you get confused, and then you're like, well, you know, but I believe back there, um, and I believed in Christ to give me eternal life. Just because I got all confused, I still had eternal life back there. And then now I've got clarity again, and I know that I know that I know, uh, you know, and so I don't have to worry about it. But again, I think you're okay. totally good where okay. you are. You don't have to be rebaptized in order to, to show the world or whatever. I think I have trouble with my testimony because I was saved when I was little with an unclear gospel message. And so, you know, I, I had the, you know, the childlike faith. I understood, you know, the things I needed to understand, but there's all this other stuff that's done in there with it. Yeah. And so I have a clearer memory of all the times that I doubted my salvation and, you know, like getting baptized again to join a church because the first baptism wasn't good enough. Yeah. You know, and stuff like that. Then I have trouble right now. My testimony is like, it's not a clear gospel message when I believed. Yeah. But, you know, I, I believed, you know, that Jesus, you know, was who he said he would, and it was, and could do what he said he could do. And I believed that I, you know, I had uh, sinned in the wages of sin and death, and I was going to hell if I didn't you know, believe and understood punishment and things like that. And so I knew I'd have eternal life and heaven with Jesus afterwards. But there was so much other stuff, other garbage with it. That I mean, I didn't really come to understand that until a lot later in life. Yeah. Um, so that's that's kind of a hard testimony to write out. It's like, well, I believe, but, but, but I hope you don't have to go through this part of it. But go over mine. But the truth is, you know, I mean, and that's the thing in your testimony is you can use that. You know, I believe in Jesus Christ whenever I was, you know, five years old or whatever. And then I had all of this confusion that the world gives you um, and that religion gives you that you have to be good. You have to do all of these things. But you know what? Now I have the realization of the truth that all you have to do is believe in Jesus Christ for eternal life. And so there, you've used your testimony. How were you saved? I believed in Christ at an early age. I had childlike faith. 
um, I had all this confusion and it's the confusion that the person that you're talking to probably has as well and they're sitting there thinking well you know I can't get my life right I'm doing all this stuff and I don't want to give it up in order you know to to live the right life you know I want to have fun right now and so I'm not going to give up that lifestyle or whatever um, but the truth is you don't have to do all of that let me tell you the good news that I know for sure now based off of God's word that Christ died for us he paid for my sin he arose from the grave and whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life so I mean you can use the junk and the negativity in the middle to give clarity to where you are today as a part of the testimony yeah it's just yeah it's, I, I have to add more onto the now part than the add salvation part yeah and that's, that's that, but I mean you know but that's ultimately what you're doing is the giving clarity to the salvation and that's what yeah. you know and so yeah yours might look a little different um because of that but that you're doing the same thing the key is is that the is we're getting this gospel message across we're getting the response across and we're getting the offer and that's what i did not this is what the bible says to do or something like that this is how i was saved or this is how i know now for sure that i'm saved um kind of a thing probably more for you than I know now for sure I'm saying. Yeah. I didn't time you when you did yours. Do you know about like how long it takes you? Is it like three minutes or like um, generally they're about five minutes. And usually it's a, it's about a page is what I tell people to write. Just that it'll fit, you know, just a regular font, double spaced, one page so that you can pull it out and be able to read it to somebody, uh, you know, if you want to, or um, to write it out. But, yeah. You know, mine, one, one, of the, one of the things... Mine's that, like a page and a half. Oh, my God. Is how mine is. But, I mean, if it was one page, something similar to that, that's fine. But... You don't want to. You don't want to. You don't want it a book because I mean you want to be able to sit down and tell somebody a a story. And the truth is, too, depending on who you're talking to, I mean you might expand on something, or um, you know you may just you may just want the nuts and bolts of it quick and move on. But you may be talking to a friend that you know once you start into it, they're engaged, and so you expand on on it and everything but again it's your story so you can tell it and it's not you know like you're making stuff up or whatever because I mean I could do I could do mine um, you know and make it last 20 to 30 minutes but I can also do it in about two minutes but most of them, I say, you know, it's kind of a three to five minutes, three to five minute type thing or whatever. But typing it out just kind of like a page. And if you need a page and a half, if you do it in three quarters of a page, I mean, that's fine. It'll be a page somewhere. of this one. As long as it's fine. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, let's get through the rest of this real quick because it's time to go, and if anybody needs to ask more questions or anything, you can stay afterwards. Um, so we're at the summary there, and it says, number one is the bridge shows that Jesus Christ is the way to the Father. The bridge shows that Jesus Christ is the way to the Father. No, 8 o'clock. Yeah, we wait. Everybody waits and leaves at 8 o'clock. Okay, sorry. Yeah. The bridge shows it. Huh? What was that? The bridge shows that Jesus Christ is the way to the Father. Then number two is John 3.16, one verse method. That's where we just use John 3.16, one verse to show people how they can know for sure they have eternal life. Number three is our testimony. Our testimony. And then number four is each person should know at least one method of presenting the gospel. Each person should know at least one method of presenting the gospel. We've gone through four. We went through one last week, three this week. So you should know and be confident on one of those methods that you can use to share the gospel. And then, what are the two memory verses? In? Acts 16.31, John 1.12. Okay. Those didn't get switched in the book. We, we changed those verses. But you're going to like it. John 3.16 is number one. And number two is John 